Yeah, especially the younger you are. I mean, I remember when I was in my 20s, um, I had somebody talk to me about, I think at the time, investing in an RA. I just started working and they told me about an RA and how I should be putting extra money towards that. And I thought, gosh, 65 is so far away. I'm 22. Why are you talking to me about this? So so it's, it's definitely um, something that's very difficult for particularly young investors to grapple. But older clients understand this quite a bit because, you know, once you get into your 40s and and you that's when you actually realize how much how little time um, you have left before you you hit retirement age and and the thing about about retirement funds and accumulating um, funds for for security is that oftentimes there is nobody out there to to rescue you when it comes to um, that kind of a thing You're, you're you're literally on your own My name is Diana and this is the Family Finance Show, the podcast to help you manage your family's finances better. Every week we share an episode on topics relating to increasing your family's income and managing expenses, controlling your debt and investing for the future. Sidaki, my guest this week, is an independent financial advisor and co-founder of her own company, Wealth Greed. She has seen plenty of both the good and bad decisions people make with their money. In this episode, we speak about the 10 biggest mistakes people make and how to avoid them. The first mistake I see people making, and they make this mistake a lot, I think, Gugu, is not doing a budget. They have no idea where their money goes. Is that something you see quite a lot in your practice? Definitely. Um, in fact, when we meet clients for the first time, that's that's one of the first things that we ask for. Um, we need to get a sense of how they spend their money, where their money goes, so that we can understand how best to assist them um, going forward. And nine times out of ten, people have no idea how they spend their money. They have no idea where the little funds go. So in terms of of entertainment, for example, how much they spend on bank charges, things like that, people generally have no idea. It's actually quite scary. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it is because that's the first step you need to take to to be able to control your finances is to to know where, where it's all going. Yes, absolutely. So to understand what your financial habits are, so where your money goes, that's 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 where you look in your budget. Exactly. What about overextending yourself to keep up with the Joneses? This could be buying a bigger car than you can really afford or sending your children to a school you can't really afford. Have you seen examples of this mistake in your business? Mm, all the time. And, and the difficult thing is that, you know, by nature, human beings are, are aspirational. So um, naturally, when when um, you make a little bit more money, the, the temptation is to buy the bigger house, buy the bigger car, and even when you can't afford it. So it's usually one of the most difficult things um, to try help clients manage, um, you know, keeping up with, with their friends and family members um, when it comes to, to spending. It's, it's such a tough one um, because I think, I think it's also important to try and, and strike a balance because... You know, we work so hard and life is so difficult. So you want to be able to enjoy um, the spoils of your labor from time to time. But there's always a fine balance between that and and overextending yourself. So, yeah, it's it's definitely a a big one as well. Getting into too much debt is also another common common, uh, mistake or bad habit. It's so tempting to use debt to solve problems. But often, um, not always, but often it, it makes the problem worse. 
Do you see that too? Mm. We do. And, and, and the issue with, with a lot of South Africa, so a lot of, particularly a lot of the clients that we, that we get to sit in front of, um, is that a lot of them are looking after extended family members. And oftentimes there is no option. There is no other option for those family members. So our clients are usually the only, you know, the breadwinner or, or the only person who's able to generate an income to assist family members. And oftentimes it's so difficult to say to a client then um, that, you know, try and limit your debt when, when in fact it's not just consumer debt um, that they're accumulating, but debt to assist family members as well. So it's, it's, it's always such a difficult one to try and um, help clients manage. But we see that a lot as well. People are using debt to get by on a daily basis. And have have you seen any uh, any clients successfully turn that around? I have um, actually quite recently. There's a client who uh, he found my my details somewhere online, um, got in touch with me, and um, we arranged a meeting. And one of the first things he told me is that he is finally debt free after I think it was about three or four years of being um, in debt counseling and, and, you know, trying to clear the debt that he accumulated. And the interesting with him, the interesting thing with him is that um, a part of his debt was consumer debt. Um, another part of his debt was what I just alluded to earlier is that he was looking after family members, but eventually he managed to turn a situation around and he was completely debt free. So that, that's definitely one. And that doesn't happen very often. But it's one one story that I came across quite quite recently, which which was really really great. Yeah, it's great to hear the, some of the positive stories because there's there's too few of them mm. in the media. Mm. The fourth mistake uh, people often make is not having an emergency fund or a backup plan for when life happens. Mm. It's such a tough one. I mean, I myself have struggled with that over the years. Um, the reason why it's so difficult to accumulate funds um, in an emergency fund is that it's it's the funds are just going to sit there, you know, and it's, it's so difficult to then put money away and leave it. And the thing about an emergency fund is that you're not really supposed to invest it either. So it, it literally is just money that sits in your bank account in the event of an emergency. And sometimes years can go by without you um, needing to tap into those funds, which is why it's so difficult for people to to accumulate those funds. And I think an, an important thing for people to remember about emergency funds is that it's, it's something that you, you don't, you're not necessarily going to be able to do overnight. Um, it takes some time to build an emergency fund because the recommendation is that you keep between three and six months worth of your annual expenses um, in an emergency fund. And that can take, it's, it's quite a job, you know, mm. considering that people are overextended, people are overindebted, all of those things, all of those expenses and costs that require your immediate attention and over and above that, having to, to put money away that you're not going to touch for quite a while is, 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 is quite a big ask of a lot of people. But I think when you see the benefit, uh, you realize why you've done it. So if you need to replace a clutch on your car or um, you need to life happens there's so many things that can happen so uh, I've, I've definitely noticed when when people when they've had to use their emergency fund for the first time that's when they're really grateful that they've done that hard work yeah absolutely so if you look at what's happened globally not just in South Africa over the last 12 months a lot of people were caught off guard um, a lot of people did not have that backup um, of having you know the security of having emergency funds so many people lost their jobs and literally had nowhere else to go and, you know, having that, that sense of protection, that cushion in the form of an emergency fund will really go a long way. Um, and it needs to be something that needs to be prioritized. Our fifth mistake is probably not one that people think of. It's not the first one that comes to mind when people look at their financial plan and their, their family finances. But uh, 
because it's not very spoken about that much, but I think it's very important, which is paying too much in investment costs and fees. I think, again, the same with budgeting. People don't know often where their money goes. They don't know how much they're paying in fees, and this can have a, a very big impact on their investments and their, their future income. Absolutely. But I think fees should also be put in context as well. Um, there's a very big difference between passive and active investments. Um, and the fees that you pay for that will, will differ remarkably. So um, I think I think firstly, people need to understand what investments they're getting themselves into, the reason why they're investing in those things, and then understanding the costs um, that drive those investments. And then you can um, start questioning the fees that you're paying, because um, oftentimes, um, well, let me put it this way. Sometimes those fees are quite justified if they are a little bit higher, as I said, depending on the kind of investment and the kind of advice that you're getting for them. But yes, people do need to scrutinize um, their statements. They need to understand exactly what they're paying for and if they're actually getting what they're paying for. Because oftentimes people just throw money at a problem and they don't even know um, what the cost of that is. Mm. And as you say, you might be getting value for money. So you may be paying mm. high. So low cost isn't necessarily the best as long as you are getting good value for money when it comes to, to the fees that you're paying for your your investments. Absolutely. So you need to understand the strategy. You need to understand the investment. And you need to understand what you need. And and once you have all of that, um, it then becomes a lot easier to put the fees in context and to understand whether you're overpaying or paying what you should be paying for in terms of in terms of investments. So now to touch on a, a few of the psychological aspects of, of managing finances and, and investments, uh, something that uh, I also see quite a lot is people thinking short term when it comes to their money and they don't really think long term. And if you if you have a plan for retirement, for example, that can seem so far away, especially if you're in your 30s or 40s, you, you feel like you've got another 20 to 30 years to work. So people don't... They find it hard to think long long term. Do you find that as well? Yeah, especially the younger you are. I mean, I remember when I was in my 20s, um, I had somebody talk to me about, I think at the time, investing in an RA. I just started working and they told me about an RA and how I should be putting extra money towards that. And I thought, gosh, 65 <laughs> is so far away. I'm 22. Why are you talking to me about this? So <laughs> so it's, it's definitely um, something that's very difficult for particularly young investors to grapple. But older clients understand this quite a bit because, you know, once you get into your 40s and, and you that's when you actually realize how much how little time. Um, you have left before you you hit retirement age, and and the thing about about retirement funds and accumulating um, funds for for security is that oftentimes there is nobody out there to to rescue you when it comes to um, that kind of a thing. You're 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 literally on your own, mm-hmm. um, and unfortunately we see we see this a lot in our businesses that people get to that realization just before or at retirement, and by that time it's already too late. Um, there's there's very little that you can do about the situation by the time you get to retirement. So the sooner you start thinking about um, the inevitable, because we're all going to get old, um, mm. the sooner you start thinking about that and the sooner you start planning for that, um, the better off you'll be. And actually, um, the, the second aspect to that is the, the less money you have to come up with for that for that eventuality so that the later you start investing the more money you physically have to save up for that but the sooner you start the less money you need to come up with so it actually works in your favor to start earlier 
Indeed, I can, I totally agree with that. It's harder to start earlier, but so much easier over the, or better for you over the long term. People also mix emotions and investing, um, making, they make investment decisions based on fear sometimes or potentially on greed. So we're humans, of course, we're not robots. So emotions will be in the mix when we invest our money. But how do you deal with this aspect of our lives? So that's that's when um, the benefit of having a financial advisor comes into play. I mean, a big part of, I'd say 90% of the work that we do is around managing emotions and managing behavior of our clients. So it's, yes, we do a lot of work in calculating exactly how much is required for clients to reach certain milestones and and we, we assist them in getting into the right structures and the right investments, but that's a very small part of the work that we do. The biggest part of the work that we do and and what what we do over a long term or over a protracted term is is actually managing the behavior of our clients because if if i'm very honest clients are we as a client we are our worst um we are our biggest um enemy when it comes to our, our money because we're so emotional it's something that you work very hard for and and it it, it conjures up so many emotions with some people it's, it's a big it's their biggest source of insecurity with some people it's their biggest source of fear you know there's so many emotions and there's so many things that 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 come with money and and managing your money and and the more hands-on you are at managing your money the higher the probability of you actually making um emotional decisions which could ultimately land you in in a worse off position so yeah emotions play a very big part yeah gugu i i really saw the value of my own financial advisor or having professional advice in the 2008 um, mm. the Great Recession, I think it was called. Mm. So the, the stock market crashed the, crashed in at the end of mm. uh, 2008, I think, and I yes, I yes. really got a big fright and wanted to pull mm. the money out of the stock market because it was just it it didn't recover as quickly as it recovered mm. in, in 2020. It took really long to recover, mm. and so mm. I really wanted to get out of my investments. And that was I saw the value of having a financial advisor at that point to somebody a coach yes. to tell you. Uh, remember to think long term. Remember that it will recover, and, and that made a huge Absolutely. difference. Absolutely. Our eighth mistake that people make is having too much diversification in your investment portfolio, which was me when I started out. I start. I, I thought mm. it was. It's like being in an ice cream shop, and you've got all these flavors in, <laughs> in front of you, and you have. Let me try a bit of chocolate and some vanilla. Yeah. Let me try this and that, and yeah. so I ended up. Um, having this these huge numbers of of shares in my mm. in my account now diversification to a certain extent is necessary. You don't want to just be invested in one share. Um, say your company mm. offers you a, sh- a shares in the company, and that's where all your investment goes. That's probably too risky. Mm. But if you invest in a diversified mm. um, exchange traded fund or something like that, you don't then need to add twenty or thirty different exchange traded funds to your portfolio. Do you see this with your clients mm. too? Um, so I think, yeah, we, we do sometimes, sometimes that does come up. Um, and, and it's a function of a couple of things. I think the first is, is investment FOMO. You know, people will read about a certain stock or they'll, they'll hear that, you know, a couple of their friends are invested in a particular stock and then mm. they'll want to get into that. And then they do that over and over again until, yes, they land up with a number of things that, that, that they shouldn't really be. But I think the, the biggest I think the biggest issue with with that is that people don't understand the difference between asset allocation and diversification. Mm. Um, you know, 
asset allocation is, is an appropriate representation of assets based on, on your risk return profile or risk return requirements, right? So in other words, it's not a random exercise where you just pick and choose stocks because you feel like it. Um, whereas diversification is, is more of like an equal representation of assets. So you literally sit there and you slice the cake or the pizza in equal parts. That's what diversification would be. Whereas asset allocation would be how much of this do I need based on where I'm trying to get to? And then you slice the cake or the pizza in, in that manner. So, and I think, again, that's where the value of having a financial advisor comes into play and in that they're not just going to sit there and, and sell you a whole bunch of assets. You know, they're going to do your risk profile, understand exactly, you know, what your limitations are in terms of, of risk, um, how much how, how much risk you are, you, you're able to take on. And then compare that to the amount of return that you need to generate over time and marrying the two. And the marriage of the two determines your asset allocation. So, for example, if you're a young person who is, who's got 30, 40 years worth of work in them, um, an individual like that should be invested in more risky assets. But even with that, it's not just a thumbsack exercise. You know, it's also based mm -hmm. on how much risk you're, you're prepared to take on. And, and that's also a delicate um, exercise. Um, and then compare that to somebody who is near or at retirement, for example, somebody like that. Um, if, if, even if they wanted to take on more risk, there's, there's, there's actually a good reason why they shouldn't be taking on too much risk based on where they are and, and the fact that they can't afford to lose the little money that they've that they've put that they put together you know so so i think that's why it's it's important for you to firstly understand the difference between asset allocation and and diversification and then and then get, i think get a professional to 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 help you put that together for you in a way that will make sense for you Tax is also an important part of financial life. We all pay tax. So uh, not utilizing mm. the tax benefits of retirement savings and mm. tax-free savings accounts mm. could also be a mistake mm. that people make. Would you agree? Yes, I agree 100%. Um, firstly, people don't necessarily understand how much money they're putting away in terms of their, their pension contributions. I mean, I meet clients like that all the time who 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 don't even draw no they've never drawn a, a pension fund statement you know from their employer and when they do they don't understand what's happening in there and so an individual like that will never be able to to, to take advantage of of tax structures such as retirement annuities and and tax-free savings accounts so yeah that is a very big one our tenth um, and final mistake that people make uh, relates quite a bit to to the previous one on diversification. It's investing in something you don't understand. Mm. I think, as you you mentioned, people a friend recommends something, a colleague at the water cooler, mm. people jump into investments without really doing the proper research, and that that could be a very mm. big mistake for them. Mm. Absolutely. I mean, the biggest one we're seeing now is cryptocurrencies. I mean, I get the question all the time about should I be buying Bitcoins, you know, <laughs> and um, I remember a few years ago when I was on the on the trading desk, I used to be a stockbroker and people, the, the buzzword there was gold, you know, should, should I be investing in gold? And there, there's always some hot topic, some hot asset that somebody is going to recommend to you for whatever reason. And, and you are likely to fall into that trap if you don't have a plan. Um, I think it starts with a plan. So you need to firstly understand what it is that you're trying to achieve um, with your investments. Um, and then it goes from there. So then that'll inform 
how you should be putting your 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 um investment portfolio together and and that'll stop you actually um from from falling into the trap of investment fomo google any final advice for people on how to avoid these mistakes and make better financial decisions yeah um i think it it boils it's it boils down to what i've just said um now is that you, you need to start with a plan like like with any great journey um it it starts with a roadmap or a plan um i think whether you you utilize the services of a professional or whether you do it um on your own i think either way you you need to document um the the process you need to document your requirements you need to 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 write down um your your budget you need to understand what's possible and what's not possible given given your budget um so so you you need a financial plan essentially um write down absolutely everything um that that's got to do with you and your personal finances and then right at the end um you you need a process um that'll ultimately help you arrive at at a positive place in terms of your finances so it's it starts with a financial plan and everything to do with a financial plan that'll ultimately lead you to a better place in terms of your finances and and if if that fails i think i think um chat to a professional if if you can't do it by yourself or if you feel that you lack um the discipline to manage your own finances um chat to a financial um, advisor there's there's a financial advisor out there for everybody at at very varying price points so don't think that you cannot afford the services of an advisor um you know there's various portals where you can go to get the details of of um available financial advisors and chat to somebody you know who can guide you and talk you through um what your options are and read google's your friend yeah, there's a lot of information out there um you know you don't have to take my word for it google you know google look it up um don't don't believe what your friends are saying when it comes to cryptocurrencies or when it comes to pyramid schemes or whatever the case is yeah. look up do your homework and understand exactly what is involved in managing your finances understand what the various asset allocations are and 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 how best to go about investing your money in those understand what what you should be paying um in terms of fees um all of that information really is is available online so there really is no excuse for not not knowing how to go about doing things google before we say goodbye my final question is one that i ask all my guests and i know that you're a parent to to young children like myself what is the one piece of financial advice you would like to pass on to your children um so I, yeah, I've, I've written financial, financial literacy books for children and I've put information in there that I, I want my children to have. And um, one of those things is, is what we spoke about earlier is, is, is budgeting. Um, it's key that that knowledge or the lack of knowledge can make or break you in terms of your finances. So um, plan for your money through a budget. Um, start saving as early as possible. understand the difference between saving and investing and when to do either of those great it sounds very interesting um financial literacy for children something i'm also very interested in so perhaps we'll have to talk about that on another episode but thanks so much for your time and sharing your knowledge today with the listeners google not a problem thanks diana thank you for listening I hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to stay on the journey to improving your family's financial well-being.